This one is called I'm Slipping. It comes and goes, I say as I stare at her. I know I'm convincing. This is the third therapist I've tried in the past few months. Some days I'll feel elated, waves of euphoria, beyond bliss, blanketed in peace, I articulate. I go on about how my happiness feels on those days and how powerful I feel in those moments. I watch the therapist scratch notes on her yellow notepad. She looks up at me thoughtfully, but also glances at the clock, which reads 3.55. I know it's time to wrap up our session soon. I've planned this whole speech out. She calmly smiles at me. Thank you for sharing so much with me today, Anne. Should we set up a time for next week? I shake my head and pretend to look at the calendar on my phone. Oh, would three o'clock next Tuesday work? Yes, let's plan on that, she says. I pretend to add it to my calendar and look up. Okay, see you then, I say and walk out. My boots heavy on the carpet as I shuffle out of the room. I make it to my car after a few fake smiles in the hallway. I sit for a moment before I turn it on. I glance in the mirror and catch my mascara stained tears. I performed really well today, I think to myself. I turn the engine on and make my way back home. Depression manifests itself in a variety of ways. I don't think that my therapist even understands half of what I'm saying, which is why I'm planning to try out a new one later this week. I hope I don't have to keep my appointment with her on Tuesday. I don't have much more material prepared. Besides, the apple blossom candle she had burning during our session made me nauseated. I picture her going home to her empty house trying to convince herself that she was making a difference. Okay, Carol, can't believe you make $100 an hour. I get home and spend some time snacking on the couch. I flip through some TV shows I want to watch, but my mind can't focus on any. After half an hour of searching, I come up empty and retreat to my room. I organize my clothes, make my bed, pace back and forth, convince myself to Google existential dread. After spending an hour going down this rabbit hole, I resurface for supper. Tonight, I pour myself cereal in an old Tupperware and dump some milk in it. I hold my bowl and slowly walk up and down the hallway while eating. I chit-chat with myself, make my hand and arm gestures as though I'm talking to someone, as though I'm not alone. I go back for another bowl and finish it off the same way. My pacing doesn't stop after I'm done eating. It continues and I try putting on some music. I find a random Pandora station and tell myself that the first song that plays has secret meaning to me in this moment. I hear a song that I loved in high school and my eyes become misty. I turn it up and my hall pacing turns into dancing. I feel the waves of euphoria I told the therapist about earlier today and my face beams. When Friday comes, I'm determined to be open-minded. Carol wasn't a good fit, neither was Mary or Anne-Marie. Today I'm talking to Tucker. I haven't considered talking to a male therapist because I have female problems, but after three strikes, I could use some diversity. Tucker greets me with a warm smile. His handshake is firm, which I appreciate. I want the confidence. Carol's handshake felt like a doll that was missing its stuffing. My handshake was bold too. I demonstrate my assertiveness. Tucker needs to know what type of patient I am. What brings you in today, he states. 
classic opening line, I say in a sarcastic tone. He gives me nothing. He doesn't smile or look impressed with my candor. So what brings you in today, he repeats with a little emotion. It's not cold, it's direct. I can appreciate this. I start talking about my depression and how it's been making me feel. I go into metaphors, examples, elaborate ex- explanations of why I'm here, what depression means. I talk about society and feminism and the patriarchy and self-esteem and my sexuality and my job and everything that I feel is bringing me down. I notice he isn't taking notes. He nods at times, but he's not taking notes. How will he ever remember all my concerns? How will he know how to chart this? I get done with my eloquent rant and he is quiet. I start again and he stops me. He puts up his dark hands respectfully. Anne, what brings you in today? I look at him a little irritated. I don't want to repeat myself, but I was absolutely ready to. I've rehearsed this script many times and perfected it. I was sure if there was anything else I could add to it. Anne, this is a safe space. What brings you in today? I get up and walk out to my car. I sit there for a few moments. I smoke a cigarette. I smoke another one. I slam the warm Dr. Pepper in the cup holder next to me. I leave and don't go back. I'm at home now, but my mind is still at therapy. I call to reschedule for Monday. I express my apologies and say that I left suddenly due to feeling ill. I lie and say I vomited in the car. I do nothing over the weekend. I don't mean that in a casual like, oh, I didn't do anything this weekend, but I actually like bake and clean and go on walks and call my friends. I do nothing. I don't shower. I drink only water. I sleep late, take an afternoon nap and nap again. I keep the house dark. I turn off my phone. I wait for time to pass. One day at three, I walk to therapy again. I greet Tucker less confidently. He holds out his hand, and I don't shake it. Are you feeling better today, he asks. I nod silently. What brings you in today, he asks softly. Not with the confidence of Friday. He says it as though he is talking to a child who's been broken. I'm not able to speak yet. He goes on. When you filled out your paperwork, you mentioned you struggle with depression. Is this something you want to share with me? His kind eyes met mine. I nod again. Tell me what your depression feels like, he says. I ask for a pen and paper. I start drawing what I can only describe as a clusterfuck. I then draw myself in the middle of it. I show it to him and say nothing. Can you tell me about this picture, he questions. I shake my head no and start crying. I'm not an emotional person. I've cried in front of only two other people in my life. I can't meet his gaze due to the embarrassment. The clock on the wall reads 3.55 again. It's already been an hour and I've only made it this far. He doesn't glance at the clock. He stays focused on me. We sit in silence. The clock now reads 4.15. I can feel the panic rise in my chest. Okay, so obviously he has to have another patient after me now, and I'm making him late. Time passes. We continue to sit in silence. I can't seem to manage more than a few minutes without getting teary-eyed again. The clock reads 4.45. 
he hasn't moved. He doesn't look annoyed. He sees that I've stopped crying for a few minutes and asks if I'm ready to talk. I take a deep breath and start to say something, but it's caught in my throat. We sit for a while longer. I shred the Kleenex in my hands. Little pieces fall to the floor. Around 5.15, I look at him again. He's sitting contently, listening to me sniffle. I take the Kleenex left in my hand. I throw it in the garbage by the door. I look him in the eye. Thank you, I stammer. I walk out the door and make an appointment for next week.